Welcome to Rafa. I'm Lee West. I'm senior minister of Rafa International. And it's good to uh, have you with us. I'm going to be talking about policing in the United States. Policing in the United States today. But before I get into that, I want to encourage our new listeners and maybe those who've forgotten to do it. To, you can go to our website, which is rafaministriesworld.net, rafaministriesworld.net, and there you can find a, a plethora of free information that's going to help you grow in the Lord. Also, it's going to help those who are uninitiated to find some truth that they can search out what eternity means to them. And also, if you care to, you can find a place there where you can give us an offering. And, of course, it's tax deductible. We would appreciate that. We don't beg for funds, but if you'd like to receive a blessing, you can certainly go there and find a place where you can give an offering to us. And as I said, it's tax deductible. Okay, let me just get into this policing in the United States. Let, let me just say right offhand that Rafa prays for the police. We do that because God commands us. So that fact is the Lord Jesus Christ addressed that and uh, through his uh, writer, Paul, in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. And he said, uh, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. Whosoever, therefore, resisteth the power, resisteth the oracles of God. And it says, these are not a terror to the good works, but to the evil. So Rafa prays for good policing, but we pray against bad policing. And there's so much of that going on. We, we like to believe and would like to believe until we can become initiated that our police are worthy and that they're honorable and that they do the right thing and they always operate according to the law. And the more we learn about them, the more we learn that's just folly thinking. So it says, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. The, the every soul there means no matter who you are in this country, you're subject to that uh, just by edict and by law. And it says, uh, whosoever therefore resisteth this power, and of course the power there is the one who, uh, the administration uh, who is assigned and de designated to perform law enforcement. And the, uh, the whosoever there is just everyone in the, in the country, is supposed to submit to the higher power, that police power that's assigned to that particular area that they're in and under the circumstances they find themselves. But if they, if they resist, and it goes on to say that they're resisting uh, uh, God's ordinances. God sets this uh, uh, policing thing. He doesn't call it policing, but that's what it is. He sets order by by com uh, committing certain people to keep other people in, in check. And that's exactly what this Romans 13, 1 uh, has to say. And these, these people uh, who we've refused to, re uh, to adhere to law, they're resisting an oracle of God. And it says that they... They are not to fear those uh, people in the, in the in the country are not to fear the the good policemen who have good works, but the ones who do evil works. So we, we can we should be able to be 
at peace as we go about our work and go about our neighborhood and in the, our, our workplace and when we travel about in this in this whole country. We shouldn't have to fle- fear policemen if we're doing what is right. But that's not the case. Fact is, policemen love to be feared. They thrive on it. I believe they get up in the morning, put on the uniform, their badge and their gun, and their eyes glass over. I've seen too many uh, instances where that's exactly the case. Every authority in government, whether it be federal, state, city, or or just any type of a local organization or a local law enforcement place or uh, any town in the country, each people who operate in these governmental positions there, they take an oath to the Constitution of the United States that they will preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. They, they in fact, swear to that. They, they uh, pledge to do that. That's why we call it the Pledge of Allegiance. But do, do they do this by their actions? No, we, we don't see them doing that. Matthew chapter 7, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 says, You'll know them by their fruits. And that's what they, this is the fruits there just simply says, what they take by force. That's what the fruits there mean. You shall know them by their fruits. The, the, the evil ones, you'll know them by their fruits. And the good ones, but what they refuse to take by force, but the evil ones, what they take by force. All United States law enforcement agencies are rife with liars and crooks. They violate the very laws that they, in just a moment, they're going to enforce against the citizenry. They operate in the preconceived authority. I said they get up in the morning and their eyes glass over and they get into a patrol car or, or they go to the workplace and, and they have some perceived authority, which they do not have. They don't have that because they don't have any authority at all. They're just public servants until a crime has been committed. And I pointed that out to an assistant chief one time, and I saw his eyes change because he, uh, he had forgotten that was his reason for being. And that's the reason for every police officer from the, from the attorney general right on down to the lowest Patrol policemen, who they call deputies, they have, they think they have some type of perceived authority, which they don't have. And they go through the academy. Six months in the academy, they come out, they give them a badge and a gun, and then they go to their precinct or they go to their substation. And then they're probably met by somebody. And I've heard this is what happens to them. They're quickly told, all right, now that you've had the academy, now we're going to tell you how to really police. You got to go into a situation. You got to take control. You got to let people know by you that you're an authority figure there. Well, that's not so. When they go into a situation, they they don't have any authority until they discover that a try a current crime has been committed or about to be committed, or in the process of being committed. They have no authority until they they have probable cause with articulable suspicion that a crime is about to, to be has been or is in the process of being committed. Until that point, by that probable cause, they have absolutely no authority, and they should be showing, as a public servant, respect to the to the public. You don't see that. 
You don't see it. And there's a little bit of anger in my voice because we, we need police officers, but we don't need bad policing. And if you go to the Internet, you got to find situations on there un, under certain headings that you can find out just how dirty some of these cops are. They put people in jail for doing the same thing that they're doing on the side. They're guilty of all types of crimes when, when, when the, nobody's looking at them. And they can legally lie to you, but if you lie to them, you can go to jail. The Supreme Court has made the decision that they can lie to you, the citizenry and intimidate the citizens in that fashion. But if you tell them a lie, they can take you to jail and put you in prison for that type of thing. They, they think that they enjoy, in fact, is they do enjoy qualified immunity. That means that, uh, that in most cases, if they make a mistake and the thing, they get caught and they're sued, they don't get sued partly. I know there's a movement that's been trying to get to take away their qualified immunity to where they have to face the charges if, if they illegally commit an act while they're in the process. There are some re really good laws on the books, federal laws, that if a bad cop does something under the color of law, they're, they're, they lose their qualified immunity. And not only that, if another officer is standing by and they don't stop the one from doing evil, evil lawing, evil, evil policing, then they're guilty of the same thing. In fact, they're like guilty by association or by standing by. And that's exactly what happened in that, uh, I think his name was George Floyd, where the, where the sergeant sat on his neck until the man died. I, I don't remember the circumstance. I think the person had a a, uh, a medical issue, but he, I, I did watch a playback of that on the TV, and he sat there. The sergeant came up, and he was going to show these young, these three young officers who didn't know better, and they were going to not take issue with the sergeant, and he was laying on the man's neck, and I could just almost read his mind, and he was kind of saying and what I thought he was saying was, Okay, now let me show you how you take control of this situation. You use as much force as you want to when they can't do that. They can only use enough force to, to stop the situation. They can't do all the abusive force that they can do. And when they do these evil things and they're, and they're caught and they're, they're, and they're judged for having made a, a terrible arrest or punish someone, then they, their actions cost their city, the cities, let me just make that plural over the United States, mid multiplied millions of dollars every year for policemen who don't know what they're doing. And that's the case for the, the, the little patrolman deputy that you see driving around your neighborhood. They have no idea, no clue what the laws that they're enforcing, but they'll give you, the fact is they'll stop you and do things that they're not even uh, allowed to do. But because they think they have presumed authority, they get out and, and they talk rough to the public, they insult the public. That is, I know a lieutenant that was slapped on the wrist because he did that to a citizen, and they and they just whitewashed the thing. And, 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 the, and I can almost uh, hear what the... Uh, what his boss said, tall, tut, tut, don't worry about it. Uh, it's just, it's just going to pass. Don't worry. Just, you just, uh, just don't try to do it that way again. Don't, know what nobody you might say. Don't get caught doing it. And they get by with this so many times. But they, they, they cost the, these violators, policemen, they cost their cities millions of dollars every year. And they send people to jail, 
jail as they for being arrested for no reason, for an un, unjust arrest, an illegal arrest, and they violate people's rights on a consistent basis. And if you don't believe that, then look on the internet, and you will find many, many of people who are are looking out, looking at these people, uh, policemen as they work, and they're showing this for what they are. The, the, some of these people. Uh, if you want to look them up, you can find those on the internet. They're called young. Uh, these are young activists, uh, whom. They, but uh, by the way, the police hate these activists because these people are called First Amendment auditors, and what they do is they go around armed with absolutely nothing except their tenacity, their camera, and the Constitution of the United States. But the police view them as agitators and irritators and illegals, and they hate these people because they, these people stand by and record their evil deeds. And many times they try to arrest these people for having done absolutely nothing except film in public, which is perfectly legal in the United States. And yet the, the average policeman, even all the way through some chiefs, our police departments have no concept that these people have rights in public to record the police in their actions, and yet they arrest some of these people. And the, the wise auditors, they file a lawsuit, and it costs the city millions, and that in many cases sometimes in the hundreds of thousands of dollars because of the action of these. Now, most of these auditors that, that I have observed and witnessed their action, I believe there's most of them. Now, there are some that are young and doing that, and they get a little tenacious, and they get a little, a little uh, showy, and they really don't know exactly what they're doing. But most of these mature auditors out there, they are looking for good policing. So the police should welcome them. Into, into, into their proximity because they're going to show their, their uh, precinct or their, or their, uh, their station in, in a good light. And that's good for public, for PR work. But, but most of the policemen they encounter have an attitude. They show an attitude. They show that they're angry because they're being filmed. They refuse to identify themselves. The policemen do when they're, when they're asked to show what is your name and badge number. A lot of them, I've seen them do this. They just point at their chest where their nameplate is and says, it's right there. And of course, a, a rebut to that by the auditors is, is that what you tell the judge that it's right there when they ask in court and, and they don't have an answer for that one. You see, all young police officers, when they come out of the academy, are ignorant of the laws that they enforce and how much authority they possess. They send many innocent citizens to jail or to court having to pay attorney fees and in most cases, the case gets tossed out by district's attorney because they find they have no case. Of course, now the, in many, many cities, the district attorney for that city or that state are corrupt themselves. So they go along with it and then they go to, to the judge. And sometimes these judges are corrupt and they're ignorant. 
to a degree. So it, it, I know this is a terrible charge to make. I wish I, I didn't have to say this. Rothelman would much rather be doing something else in the positive thing, encouraging people. But a few months ago, Quite a few months ago, our mission statement changed, and we have to point, shine light on these people who are violating the citizenry and acting in evils. We're going to address a little bit this in just a moment. As I said, these young officers, they are, they are perceived as authority by most of the citizenry that they really don't possess. Most of the citizens are afraid of the police because they know that these people can interrupt their life. They can steal a lot of their money for nothing. These police, they, they are, say, I, I guess that they're ex expected to do so much policing, so-called, by their uppers, and they pull people over for suspected things. That, like you cross the you cross the white line, and you touch you made an illegal turn, or you didn't make a stop, you didn't use your turn signal, which which most of the time is clearly shows that they did. But they can pull these people over for anything. A policeman can pull you over for anything if they do wish to find something. They can invent a crime and then attach it to you. That's how sad it is. As I said, until a crime is committed, they are nothing but public servants. And they, they have forgotten that in this, in this nation. If they ever learned it, I think that they, the police in this nation started moving into this vein of actions many, many years, maybe even hundreds of years ago. Since a, a, law, a national law enforcement agency or certainly city law in, in agencies were established, the police there, because they have a badge and a gun and most of the people are ignorant, then they, they come in with their authority figure, suppose, and they, and they send people to jail or they cause them to pay for a heavy price for us. And the people do this because they're ignorant. And I would encourage you, if you're listening, do an educational study on these things. Learn your rights. So when you run across one of these rogue policemen, which are, as I said, these people who ride around in the cars, they're, they're just deputies, and most of them have no concept. They're, they're taught how to ride a ticket. I'm being flivorous now to a degree. They're taught how to ride a ticket, and some of them don't even know the traffic laws. That is, I was pulled over by one patrolman, and I made a totally legal turn, and he pulled me over because he didn't understand that you can make a right turn on a red light. And that's so, that's so simple that even in his, in his day before he became a policeman, he should have known that. You see, this United States is in the process of imploding by injustice and crime. And if you don't know that, then you have been watching a valid news source. You're not going to find that on some of the what's reported to be the the, the major news uh, stations, which they're not anymore. They used to have credibility, but they don't. But if you look, you can find some places that still report the real news day by day. And if you've sat in on those, and if you haven't, I would encourage you to do that because uh, there's a heinous things that's been happening in this country for a long time. And if you're ignorant, you're going to vote ignorant. And that's that, and you're going to be caught up in some of the things we're talking about today. And this happens; the, these injustices imploding. It starts in Washington D.C. and it filters right down into the smallest hamlet in this country. And if you don't believe that, look at some of the cities like Los Angeles, like uh, Chicago, where 
it, it's a terrible crime in, 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 I don't mean crime, although it is, but it's a terrible state in Chicago where young men are killing young men every weekend. They have multiple murders. And then the mayor of the city justifies that as some kind of a sociological, psychological problem. Well, try that out. Some people want to defund the police. We need the police. We need good policing. But if you don't believe that, the next time... If you're a leader of the country, a mayor or, or a, a governor listening to this or somebody in the city in the leadership, the next time there's a crime, call for a psychologist and see how they can handle a, a, murder, a murder case or something. I, I hope I, I, I don't mean to make, belittle that. I don't, but it, the, the stupidity out there is increasing. And this implosion begins, it began when Barack Obama was sworn into office because he had, he had telegraphed before that he was going to be making changes in the foundation of this country, and he was true to his word. He was, his best ability was of a, as a community organizer, and he never rose above that. If you research his life before, during, and after he left the presidency, that's, that's, that's as high as he ever rose, was still as a community organizer. It was in everything he, and he did, and we started to see this implosion with his presidency. And now it, it, it uh, began with him, but now it's been proliferated by Joe Biden, the FBI, the DOJ, the Homeland Security, the local police forces in many cases. And let me say this. The program that they have and the agenda that they have, if you support that by your vote or by, by, by supporting any of their liberal agenda, then you're guilty of the very things that they do. You'll stand guilty and judged before God Almighty for having supported people who are totally evil. And they're evil because their agenda, by their agenda, they are guilty of rape. Every person who started from all the foreign countries are flooding across our border because they were invited here by the Biden administration and, and they haven't been hindered at all by the Homeland Security that when, he's, when that person stands before Congress, he lies and they know he's lying and he knows that they know he's lying. But he says everything is just fine and everything's working well. Well, he's lying and all these women, young women come, come make that trip into this country from all over the world, they're raped en route. They're, people are murdered en route by gang members. They're sending drugs flooding across our border. These people who perpetrate and support their, the, 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 I, the, I call it the Democrat agenda, because every one of them who don't take issue with that, they're selling their position. And some of them who have real high positions sell their, their office to the antagonists of the United States, our enemies. The educational system of this state is perverse. It is neutering our children mentally and physically. They're deforming our kids who, who, who are influenced by their peers to, to think that they're not what they are. That they, If they think that they're a boy, sometimes they think they're supposed to believe that they're a girl. In fact, as I heard the, the uh, report not long ago that there was a... a uh, 
a, a survey did that one out of four students in major in a major university uh, identify as another sex. Well, let, let me just say to you, you are what you were born with. That's what God says. He created man, male and female. They can play with your mind if they want to. You better protect your kids because the government wants your kids. Fact is, just recently somebody said, they're, they're, they, your children are our babies. That's the way they think. The NEA, that's the way they think. Many of the, uh, of the teachers associations, that's exactly what they, they think they are. You don't think you own, they don't think you own your kids anymore. They own those. Why? Because they want to indoctrinate the kids. This agenda we've been talking about, they are, they rob the treasury of the United States in the last couple of decades. Our national debt, which was just a, a few billion dollars, now is like 30, 33 or 4 trillion dollars. I haven't, I haven't seen it in the last five minutes, so it's probably gone up another trillion dollars. Again, I don't mean to be too facetious, but I'm not too far wrong. We, we owe trillions of dollars that this country can never pay off. There are only a couple of ways that the country can extricate, extricate itself out of the kind of debt that we have, and all of them are unpleasant. These people have gutted our military. Our military is neutered. I've said this before, that our, the generals that we have at the higher echelon We've always known that generals lie, but we never thought that they was cowards and, and puny. We've seen that now when they stand before Congress, they, they don't have any answers for the very things that they're, that they're implementing because uh, it, it's assumed that they look like they're just puppets. And yet some of them have four stars on their shoulder. It's terrible. These people, they're pushing a commercial plan, which is Socialism, and then communism, and then dictatorship. I never in my whole life, which has been a long while, have I ever even remotely until just recently contemplated the thought that this country could ever do away with democracy, representative government, the Constitution of the United States, and become proliferated by evil, corrupt politicians and especially the judicial system and the legal justice system. The design of these people is their total desire to erase the United States Constitution. They hate it. They think it's antiquated. They don't want anything to do with it. They want to operate the way that they want to operate with no restrictions on them, restrictions, and they're, they're trying their best to do that, and they have some deep pockets fund funding them. These things don't happen unless some deep pockets are, are paying, a lot of money is transferring, and hopefully it'll come to light. I guess in the Swiss bank accounts, there's a lot of unnamed, just number of accounts that are filled with millions of dollars by payoffs. I'm just guessing at that, but I don't think I'm too far wrong. And this agenda is in the serious, serious, serious position of placing the United States in a preemptive attack similar to what it did in World War II when the Japanese, what was called a sneak attack on the United States at Pearl Harbor. We're, we're open for that right now, as this country has never been before. That's what we're open to.
as I start to close this, let me just say this to you, and this is a sobering thought. I don't say this lightly. I say it with with fervor. The new covenant body of Christ, the new covenant body of Christ is the only entity with the spiritual power and authority to do spiritual warfare for the United States of America. It's the only entity that has that spiritual authority to to have authority over the evils and do battle with it and be victorious. Rafa International is spiritually joined with the remnant, and I emphasize remnant, of those in authority and empowered to be victorious over this nation's evils. Washington is not going to do it. Our military is not going to do it. The Bible talks about don't put your trust in horses and chariots, and that can translate into the military of today. You better not put your faith in it. If you do, you're walking on, like the old saying, on thin ice. You see, Rafa's mission has changed. We we would love, love to have been able to just stay where we ministered to basically to the body of Christ as to how you can be an overcomer in this world. But it changed a few decades ago on 2000, year 2008. It changed and we changed, got an addendum by the Holy Spirit, by God the Holy Spirit, that we needed to add to our role to be callers out of the offenders of this nation, whether it be the local police all the way up to the national police forces and the DOJ for that matter. We could, if we were invited into their presence, we could point our finger into the, the attorney general's face and say, you're the man who's causing all this, who's allowing all this. But he could, he, in the national, he can't hear that because there's an excellent chance that he's demon-possessed or he's certainly under the control of, of Satan. Rafa provides a covering for the innocent. And we still have our commissioning document that we are to take care and disciple the babes in Christ. And we are to be an ark, as the first ark of Noah's was, for his generation to take the the new beginners, the eight with him, his children and his wife with him, and the ark that floated over the problem. Rafa is is has chosen to be a part of the ark that's going to take the world over the present evil flood that is perpetrated upon not only the United States, and now it is proliferating into every nook and cranny in the world. I've used this analogy before. You cannot throw a dart at a world calendar, and underneath that dart's point, you will find some evil act you can look at that in, in the Gospel of Matthew when the Lord Jesus addresses that in the first few chapters of, of the Gospel of Matthew. So Rafa invites people. Come on in. Enter in with us. Get underneath the covering. Be protected. You don't have any other hope outside of Christ. We're reaching that point. People don't want to hear this. 
Well, this age and this time in history is coming to a close. God Almighty is closing out this epoch of time. And soon and very soon, he's going to rapture out his church. I hadn't intended on saying that, but I take pleasure in saying it because he's going to do away with the evil. He's going to rapture out his church. That simply means snatch out his church. And then there's a terrible time going to come upon, upon the world. Now, I don't know whether the United States has sent away its day of grace. That's an imponderable. God might or might not once again honor Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Most of you, or no, not most of you, some of you will know that. If you don't, look it up in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. You'll find some astonishing words there. And with this, let me just say, Rafa is operation operating under what we see in First Thessalonians. That's a new covenant book. First Thessalonians is written by Paul to the church at Thessalonica. First Thessalonians five fourteen says, "Warn them that are not keeping order." The Bible uses the term unruly. And comfort the faint-hearted. The Bible calls it the, fa- the feeble of mind, but it's really faint-hearted. I've given you a lot to think about. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it a number of times. Bring in your, your Bible study group. Bring in your friends. Bring in your family. Sit them down. Listen to this. It'll, it'll be eye-opening for most of them, especially the uh, if you're if you're a blue co- blue collar worker, you don't have time to to listen to the news as some of us do. So hopefully this will be a, a wake up call for you. Please gather your friends, listen to this, let them wise up. Because as I said, Rafa's commission right now through what we're teaching in the podcast. Go back and listen to our others. We are to warn them that refuse to keep order. And we are to comfort the faint-hearted. Again, that's First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. Lord bless you. Dr. West.